Welcome to Nepal Now. My name is Marty Logan. Advocates for women were excited last year when they heard that changes were coming to Nepal's rape law, which has long been criticized as ineffective. On this show, we spoke to youth activists who had met with the Attorney General and other lawmakers and were energized and excited by the process. But when the ordinance containing the revisions was signed by the President, not all of the rumored improvements were there. Left out was removal of the statute of limitations that says a rape charge must be filed within one year, and broadening of the scope of victims of rape to include men, boys, and persons of other genders. So what happened? My reading and discussion afterwards led me to believe that entrenched women's groups had been defending their turf. They didn't want the focus to turn from women as the only possible victims of rape and risk losing attention and resources for their work. But as today's conversation with Anita Tapalia from the Legal Aid and Consultancy Center reveals, it was more complex than that. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow, like, or favorite Nepal Now on your usual podcast platform. You'll find us on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can learn more about the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you can follow us for updates. I'm at Marty at martylogan.net if you'd like to send me an email. And now, my interview with Anita Tapalia. Anita Tapalia, welcome to Nepal Now Podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Marty. Some time ago, at the end of November, actually, I interviewed two activists from a group, uh, a movement called Adze Kati Sahani, and they were very much involved in this anti-rape uh, movement at the end of November, and they were very positive because they had heard that the rape law was being revised with all of these positive changes in it. And then a few weeks later, the news came out that the rape law had been revised uh, through an ordinance, but a lot of the positive changes that they talked about weren't actually included in the law. So can you tell me what happened, what do you think happened in that process? Marty, basically, uh, we all civil society organizations, lawyer, and you know, like whole country was expecting um, more advanced law because you know, for, from long time we have been waiting for this day, and then we are trying to um, amend the law, rape law, revise the rape law, and then that was a good opportunity. And they called uh, some of the civil society organization. Um, in in Ministry of Law for the consultation and LAC was one one of them and I was participating there I was involved in that uh, you know like interaction program uh, that consultation program and the program went very well um, but later on we found out that our conversation was not included our input was not included at all in this um, ordinance so. This is the reality. Right. Okay. And what I understand is that the positive changes that were made to the rape law include toughening the penalties, so harsher penalties for people who are convicted, and also outlying this practice of mediation, 
where someone would get the two parties together, uh, the, the rape accused and, and the victim, and get them to somehow work it out, usually by paying some money to the victim or the victim's family, so that it wouldn't go into the legal system. So this whole process has now been criminalized as well. So those are the positive sides, correct? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Compensation for the victim, uh, that is, uh, you know, like very positive part of this ordinance and as well as the mediation that has been doing in, in local government, in police and, you know, like in the community uh, through informal justice actors and so on. This ordinance has criminalized uh, those kind of activities and then it is punishable right now. And then this is the very strong part of this um, ordinance. Right. and But the one thing or the main thing that I understand was left out was the broadening of the definition of uh, who can be raped, which had been, it had been suggested that it should include uh, men, boys, as well as people who identify as other genders, right? Not only women. Um, and then when the ordinance was finally signed, those suggestions were left out. Is that correct? That's true, Marty. While the uh, consultation was happening, uh, we also suggested uh, to revise the definition of rape because our definition is very limited and then it cannot uh, include the all types of people. That's why that's why we also suggested to incorporate the um, other gender people as well. They are also suffering from such types of crime, but they cannot disclose their uh, these crimes because uh, law does not support them. That's why that's why they are uh, compelled to hide those kind of things. So uh, we also suggested Ministry of Law to incorporate uh, in definition and then make it more wider. But uh, it wasn't incorporated in this ordinance, unfortunately. Right. Okay. So one of the things that I understood from reading the media reports after the ordinance was signed by the president was that there was an objection from some women's organizations that by broadening the definition, you somehow would take the focus off women and there would be fewer resources left to help women victims. Is that a good explanation of what happened or is it somehow... Not the full story. Some of women right organizations, they also yes, advocated for, you know, like there should not be uh, included that women can rape a man. This kind of uh, provisions, if we introduce, then, you know, like that law will be manipulated and then uh, many women will be uh, punished for false accused. They raise this, that kind of voice, but that does not mean that we uh, should not, uh, you know, like include the right of other, other gender people. Whatever you heard is not a full story. Now I have a better understanding, I think, of why some people were objecting to actually broadening that def sorry broadening the definition of rape to include men because as you say um, men could use that law to again further victimize women but do you have a an example of how that could work how men could use an updated rape law to victimize women 
there is a lady that she's a 22 years old and she she came here and she had a really you know like was very vulnerable and she came here she was brought by someone she had a five years old son right and then she was married uh, married uh, it was a child marriage and then she went to husband's home and then later on you know like husband he started uh, ignoring her uh, husband used to watch porn movies and then he go to other other girl and then in this way she was you know like uh, mentally she was broken and then later on she had a mental problem and he took uh, he took her in a local healer and then you know, like that local healer, he did counseling to him and her and then he raped her. Element-wise, it wasn't um, rape, but that healer took advantage and she had relationship, physical relationship with him. Then she uh, went to home. At that time, in her home, her video, you know, like the relationship video was, she could see in at your home, you know, like... That means her husband was involved, you know, like they were plotting to involve in this sexual relationship um, with that uh, healer. And then later on that she decided to leave her husband and she did that. And then she asked for, you know, like a property rights, but she didn't get anything because, you know, like court didn't listen her whole story, but only saw that the, she had a relationship, sexual relationship with that healer, you know, like she was 22 years old with mental illness she just left out from home with nothing you know like this is the, the real picture of women in nepal that's why women are worried that other women will be more victimized through this law that's why they don't they didn't want to uh, write in this definition that women can rape men oh yeah that's a terrible story so the husband basically drove her to the point where she was feeling mentally close to a breakdown. She went to see the healer and then the husband and the healer set it up so that they could videotape the the healer sexually taking advantage of her. That's true. And then the husband the husband went to the court and said they, they were going to have a divorce, but the husband wouldn't give any property because she had been in a relationship with the healer. That's true. That's true. That is a story. Because of that law, that law says that if his wife is involved, sexually involved with other men, then men has not to give property to that woman. That is written in law. That's why people are, you know, like making such types of stories against women. So that's why that's why women are worried, you know, like at the moment uh, to bring such types of provision in law. People say that uh, women have so many rights, you know, but uh, actually women are not um, able to seek justice and then they are not able to protect themselves in, in these situations women are. And then if we brought this kind of law, like women can rape to men and then men can easily, easily false report. So um, we, we are having such kind of problems. That's why women organizations, they are very aware. And then they said that if we introduce such kind of provisions, then that can be manipulated and against women. That's why what we argued at that time is we asked the law ministry during that consultation that we need to spell out about the other gender, not men also can be raped. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's that's an example of how a good law can be manipulated to actually 
do the opposite of what it's intended to. And so you fear that no matter how carefully that you write the law, there would still be the risk of this happening, of, of men using the law for their own ends. I'm not saying that all men are, you know, like bad and all women are good and so on. But, you know, like people people are using law. Basically, they are misusing the good law for their own benefit. That's why we need to be very careful. We are trying to bring a law. We are trying to revise the law for justice, you know, like for the justice of victim, justice of rape victim, especially. Uh, and uh, we cannot take a risk to re-victimize women. There is very thin line, but I think we should be very careful on that thin lines. Okay, okay. Yeah, I understand. Going back to the rape law and the the process for revising the rape law, you I think you said that you had consultations with the ministry, some NGOs, was there an NGO that represented people who identify as other genders? That's the first question. And then the second question is, how many consultations were there with the ministry? Was it one day only or was it uh, a few different sessions? Or In our consultation group, there, there wasn't any representation from the other gender group. However, uh, we all were, you know, like women rights organization. Uh, we gave that input that we should include uh, other gender as well. And then if we talk about the consultation meetings, we had only one consultation with the Ministry of Law. Um, however, they had done several meetings with uh, different groups of people, the, you know, like medical persons, uh, similarly with other group as well. Okay, and and generally speaking, you think that they were the ministry uh, officials were quite positive about the input that they received from you about the changes that you suggested. That's true, Marty. Basically, you know, like uh, they were uh, so happy uh, during that consultation, and they're taking all the notes, uh, whatever we are saying, and then they were discussing with us in each point, each and every points, you know, like the consequences, uh, everything. They were happy to include those things. But later on, when I saw this ordinance, I found nothing. I mean, very few things. Uh, so it was also surprising for us. I don't know why they took it out. That would be surprising, definitely. So what's your theory? Like, why do you think that they were very positive on one hand and then just one week or so later when the actual ordinance was released, it didn't contain all of the provisions? Did someone at a higher level object or they weren't taking you seriously at the beginning? Why do you think there was a difference? Well, uh, they were taking very seriously and then taking those notes and then they were happy to discuss on that. Um, before uh, that consultation, there was an incident that was happened in province number two that the, the rape, team, rape cases was mediated and then later on she wanted to take that case in police and then uh, you know like the, due to that mediation uh, they didn't allow her to take an action that's why she committed suicide that was uh, published in different medias and then there was so much criticized and so on that's why maybe they were just uh, focused on that they wanted to just uh, bring the provisions regarding 
punishment for the mediation mediators uh, i don't know if they were not interested then then why did uh, they call us uh, maybe there there is a, you know like later on some kind of political pressure mm, yeah it, it seems a bit odd that they would go through all of that effort to get your input do you think it's possible you'll get another chance to provide input and there will be another revision of the law or now that it's happened is it going to be you know left alone for some some time it might take a long time but you know like our civil society organization should not live with this issue so easily that's why that's why we made a consortium and then we revised all the civil and criminal code and then we uh, already submitted our inputs in law ministry so again we will you know like pressurize them to amend this law because it's not complete we should also um, should not leave uh, this activism here and then they also cannot leave <laughs> i think you're saying there is another chance that it could be revised because you've gone and looked at the entire civil code which was recently brought in and suggested improvements through a gender a gender lens as they say your know, gender perspective that's true that's true this criminal code and civil code both code we revised civil society organization are not uh, sitting just uh, waiting for another chance because we are looking for this another chance so of course of course it will come okay well i hope you're right let's say that there are no changes coming up shortly but now we do have a, a revised rape law which has tougher sentences uh and also outlaws this practice of mediation do you think that those changes will help to help to decrease rape which seems to be growing steadily over the years will they have some effect on the ground do you think these changes of course it will change because you know like uh, the the mediation process is uh, criminalized and that in nepal you know like mediation in rape was you can say it's a kind of disease and now we have treatment for that so of course it will benefit you know like we will benefit from there and then also there is a good provisions about the um, compensation for victim of course uh, survivor of rape will benefit from this this revisions of law okay so the process itself for revising the law was faulty it didn't work as well as you had hoped all of the suggestions weren't included in the rape law but in the end the law itself that you have now is stronger than it was before is that fair enough yes marty basically you know like they put so many efforts yeah they consulted with the with the civil society organization doctors and with many groups and they took so many informations from the those groups but later on when we found that there was just a few few inputs were included so it was it was well it was very frustrating for us but still whatever we have this provision in this ordinance uh, also very helpful for the victim so um, we cannot say we didn't get anything but we could get more that sounds like a fair perspective and a fair evaluation anita thank you very much for talking to me today and explaining some of the work behind the scenes that went into these revisions to the rape law 
it didn't turn out exactly as well as you wanted, but as you said, some of the suggestions were taken into account and hopefully this is going to uh, have an influence on how rape is targeted and fought against in Nepal. And I wish you and your organization all the best luck in your, your work in the future. So thanks again. Thank you, Marty, for this opportunity. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking with you. Um, thank you so much.